Blog Talk Radio. is from the polytheism of primitive man to the Vedic texts of Hinduism to monotheism, uh, starting with Abraham, to Judaism, to Jesus, to Catholicism, to Christianity, and finally to the Pauline theology, you know, women be silent in the churches, uh, suffer not a woman to teach a man, and wives submit yourself to your husband. Ending with his final personal belief, you know what, men, it's better if you just don't have anything to do with a woman. And the whole patriarchal hierarchy of the Catholic Church is built upon this premise. Poor Paul, you know what, he'd been a highly educated and very respected successful leader within the Jewish culture. He was a member of the Sanhedrin. And it was years and years after Jesus had been here that Paul had his, what he called, road to Damascus experience, where his story is he met the resurrected Jesus, and that's what began his Christian experience. And apparently at this point, his wife became intensely irritated because Paul lost all of his standing in the Jewish community, so, of course, so did she. (laughs) And now it seemed Paul was actually part of the insurrection instead of persecuting the infidels. You know, Paul had actually nearly supervised the stoning of Stephen, and now he's going to be one of them? And his wife became the great heralder of Paul's treachery, spreading that news of his betrayal throughout the land. Well, Paul was eventually imprisoned, and from prison he wrote letters to everybody. And these letters eventually were made into our King James Bible. So in the Bible, Paul called his wife his thorn in the flesh. (laughs) He prayed for her to be taken away. (laughs) He advised the guys of his day to just leave women alone. They're not to be trusted. They'll turn you in. They're ferocious, and they just can't be reasoned with. Kind of sounds like Adam to me, you know. This woman you gave me made me do it. You know, it's really pitiful. Well, let me tell you the story about the decree group, our new mission. 
Because if you'd listened to the first two programs in this series, you've learned that the time for praying is over. Just a hoping and a praying isn't going to cut it today because it's time to command. Speak the word only to decree a thing so it shall come to pass. Know ye not that ye are gods? I mean, this is all what Jesus said while he was here. He said to let this mind be in us that was in him. That even though he was in the likeness of a human man, he thought it not robbery to be considered equal with God. And he said he did what he saw the Father do, and he said what the Father said, because his Father lived in the kingdom of God, which he said was inside of us. So he heard and saw what the Father did through the consummate source energy that energizes everything. Everything we see, everything we hear, everything we feel, everything we think and say and do. So this consummate source energy is within us. Because if it wasn't, we wouldn't be alive. Now there's only two kinds of energy, waves and particles. And in the wave form, it's pure consummate source energy. So Jesus called this source energy his father. He called it the kingdom of God. He called it the kingdom of heaven and sometimes just heaven. And as a particle, it creates forms, and we're one of those forms. So everything is energized by pure source energy. And Jesus called the source energy the kingdom of God, and he said it was within us. And the way we get it out onto the earth is to speak. It started with let there be light, and then everything else has come out of the light. Well, Jesus was the example. He came here to show us how it's done. You know, when Jesus spoke, stuff happened. Peace be still. So the storm stopped. Rise, take up your bed and walk. So the crippled walked. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus raised up from the dead. This is decreeing. And it's time, my friends, for the sons of God to begin to decree. Jesus showed us how, and now it's our turn. So, one of my cousins has a longtime friend. Now, both these girls are married. They're both teachers. They both have children. Uh, My cousin is a Christian, and her friend is Catholic. And actually, they were friends even back when Christians and Catholics were enemies. (laughs) Well, my cousin called and said to me, could your decree group help my friend? She's really depressed and really sad right now because she found out that her son is gay. And now she believes he's going to go to hell. And as a mother, she has felt that her whole job was to teach her children about God and make sure to have it be guaranteed that they would get to go to heaven. Well, now she feels like she's failed, and she's depressed to the point where she's just beginning to feel like she wants to go to hell too. Please decree for her. 
Well, first cause here is that this woman believes two lies. The first lie is that there is a heaven and a hell. And the second lie is that a loving God would separate from himself a part of himself and send it to a place where it would be alive and suffer forever in burning torment. Does your God do this? I wouldn't serve a God like that. So let's talk about this second lie. The very fact that this woman would rather go to hell to be with her son is actual proof that the second lie is just that, a lie. I mean, her mother love can't separate herself from that part of herself. She would rather burn in hell with her son than be separated from him because her mother love is as unconditional as the consummate source energy of God's love because that's what it is. That's what empowers her mother love. Actually, the King James Bible says there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. Nothing. God's love is the consummate source energy, and that's all there is. I remember so well going to a week-long retreat down in the desert here in California, and every day we did a meditation that allowed us to visualize the supreme ultimate source energy representing the masculine in oneness with the deep representing the feminine as they consummate their love. And the consummation produces a liquid light substance that we would then allow to enter into our crown chakra and then flow down throughout all of the 250,000 systems of our body composed of millions and millions of individual cells, and each cell would receive a portion of the love liquid. Now, during this time, we would receive healing for any emotional traumas or physical diseases. And then we visualize this light love liquid flowing out of us, out into the outside environments of our world of form to our loved ones, to our neighbors, to our city and state and country, and then out onto the earth. And eventually it reaches into the farthest places away from the light into the darkness where the souls of the corrupted and compulsive, deceitful and jealous, angry, resentful, greedy, evil ones are. And they struggle every second, try to get even just a teeny, teeny drop of the love liquid. There is no place that the love liquid cannot go. The masculine, feminine love liquid is the life force of everything. And nothing can separate anything or anyone from the love liquid. Is there suffering? Yes, but there is never separation. Is there life eternal? Yes, but Jesus taught reincarnation. When John the Baptist was beheaded, the disciples were pretty shocked. Why didn't Jesus go and get him out of prison? Why did he allow him to be beheaded? 
So they asked Jesus, who was John the Baptist? And Jesus said he was Elijah, the one who was prophesied to come and announce my appearance. So once a job is done, the saint then can return to the higher realms. And you'd be surprised to learn how many of the so-called tragedies that we've grieved about are those who have been here before. They're sometimes called bodhisattvas, and they've come back, done their job, and left. Because we can never be separated from God because we are the form of God. So now we know the truth about lie number two. Let's look at lie number one, belief in heaven and hell. Well, we've already shined the light on hell. Because if it was a place, at the very least, you don't go there and be tormented forever. All of life is a choice. God doesn't send anybody to any place. God is neutral while we make our choices. And God presents all of the possibilities, and then we get to decide for ourselves. Isn't that fantastic? But God wouldn't make up a situation like that if he didn't think we were capable of making good choices. Now, would he? Because that would be cruel. If God knew that we were stupid, sinful, evil things, and if God knew that we were going to make choices that not only would ruin our own life but the lives of others, wouldn't it be cruel to set up something like that? What kind of a God do you believe in? Is your God vengeful and mean and cruel and one chance and that's it? I can hear you. Oh, no, no, no. God is love. Well... Let's look at this setup then from the eyes of love. God looks at the forms that he and the deep have created together, working together in love to produce the pure love light liquid of everything. And he sees within that form of pure light liquid love the image of himself and his true love. They are the creators and and their creation are the sons and daughters you and me. So he knows that this idea that they had to create human forms included all of the wisdom and knowledge of God within it so that it could make excellent choices, which are only in its highest and best good. And mostly throughout all of the kingdoms of God that we can see and which affect us the most directly, like the sun and the moon and our solar system the oceans and the lakes and the streams and the mountains and the valleys and the trees and the flowers, the fish of the waters and the animals and birds and insects of the land, they're all making choices every day that are in their highest and best good. It's mostly only in the human kingdom where choices are made that don't seem to come from the kingdom of God, which is inside of us, which would be for our highest and best good. And this is because... The human kingdom is very new. We are in the very beginning stages of our development. I mean, ants and bees and termites and wasps didn't start out living in a society of harmony and unity. They learned how to do this because it was in their highest and best good to do so. They do not kill their own. Humans haven't learned this yet. Most of the advancement in human beings has come from avatars who have come to help us. 
beings from the higher realms who take a human form for a specific purpose, like John the Baptist. And Jesus. Jesus was of the order of the Melchizedeks, who are the priests of El Elyon, the Most High God, and so is Deepak Chopra. Deepak opened up the realms of quantum physics, where science actually proves that we are the boss of everything on this earth and that we're to live in dominion over all things. And isn't that just what Jesus said? All that things that we will do, even greater things shall we do. So heaven is in the kingdom of God, which is inside of us. And I have to keep saying this until you get it, because we can live in heaven now. Dying and going to heaven was never the goal of our life. Living and having heaven on earth is. So this friend of my cousin believes two lies, and she is miserable. So we decreed that she would find out the truth about heaven and hell. So we would not need to con- so that she would not need to feel like a failure and continue to torment herself with the idea that her gay son is going to burn forever in the fires of hell. So this is what has happened so far. Her family chose to go to one member of the family's home um, for Christmas to have their family dinner together. But this girl just happens to not be married, although she has two children with this man. Well, my cousin's friend told the family she wouldn't be able to attend the Christmas festivities at this family member's home because they are living in sin and she cannot give permission for their sin by attending the Christmas dinner. Well, then the next thing that happened is her her husband earns a very good living for their family. He sells craft materials. And he makes about 80% of his income at a trade show that's at the beginning of the year. So he was getting ready for the trade show, and he asked his gay son if he was going to be available to help him this year at the show. And the son said yes. And then the next thing that happened is that the day before they were to leave to go to Atlanta to go to the trade show, the son announced his engagement to his significant other, And they set their wedding date. Gay marriage is now legal in the state of Indiana where this is all happening. Well, the friend of my cousin is so beside herself now. She tells her husband they can't go to the wedding. And the husband says back to her, look, lady, this is my son, and he's helping me at the trade show, and I need his help. And besides that, I support him in his decision. He is a grown man now, and he can make his own decisions. Well, it was at this point that my friend called my cousin and and was just, you know, crying. What am I going to do? And my, my cousin says, well, you know, I guess now you're looking at your wedding vows, aren't you? If you keep your wedding vows, you stay with your husband, and the two of you need to be in agreement. My cousin has always supposed that her friend was married in the Catholic Church and that her husband was Catholic. But now the friend confesses that her husband is not Catholic himself. He agreed to let her raise the children Catholic, but he isn't Catholic. 
So he isn't bound by any of the laws, or I might say lies, of the Catholic Church. So this friend is, you know, pointing the finger at everybody else, you know, and yet even she herself uh, doesn't, hasn't followed the rules. Kind of like at the stoning of the of the harlot in the Bible, that story, you know, when they brought that woman and she was, uh, the people brought her to Jesus and they said, we caught her in the very act, Jesus. And Jesus, and he says, and then the crowd starts calling, stone her, stone her, stone her. You know, they still stone today in the Middle East. <clears throat> and um, so Jesus said, okay, whichever one of you's never, ever done anything wrong in their whole life, you can start the stoning. <laughs> so we're going to have to see what this woman does, right? Yep, what's she going to do? What's she going to do? So I'll keep you posted um, because um, this is probably the most fascinating um, mission that we've had so far. And I I just want to leave you with one other thought before I um, sign off today, and that is, have you ever wondered if there's any lies that you believe that uh, make your life sad? Okay, till next time, it's Marcianne.